There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 634. Uh, Fun Comfortable Tour is coming back. Well, it's never really going away, but uh, the next dates are in Chicago and St. Louis and then uh, New York, Boston, Philly, um, Ohio, I think. Am I in Ohio? Yeah, I think I'm in Ohio. Isn't that sad that I don't even know? I'm going to put all these dates. uh, They're all on funcomfortabletour.com. Maybe I should go to the site and see where the hell I'm going to be playing because a bunch more are coming in, so if... If you didn't see a city on there and you're like, how come you're not coming here? The answer is I probably will be uh, just later in the summer or at the end of the year. All those will be uh, posted soon. But uh, shows are selling out and we're adding second shows like in Chicago. So uh, grab some tickets uh, if you can at FunComfortableTour.com. And uh, now for the Nerdist Community Board. I would definitely love to remind you that my good friend Matt Bronger, who is an amazing comedian who uh, crushes when he's on At Midnight, has a comedy special airing uh, tonight, Friday, the 6th of February on Comedy Central at midnight. It's called Big Dumb Animal. So check that out because I love Matt and more people should know who he is. Also, Kurt Brownoller's new show, Roustabout. Uh, episodes are available on cc.com. And then finally, the last entry in the community board, uh, got a nice email at events at nerdist.com uh, from a guy named Michael who uh, runs a comic book store in Grove City, Ohio. And it's about eight miles south of Columbus. And uh, he was having some problems uh, keeping the store afloat and then found out that he had to close the store because there was black mold in the walls. So he has a GoFundMe to try to move his comic book store to another part of town and put a performance space in there, kind of like what we do at Meltdown. But uh, he seemed like a nice guy, and so I'm throwing him on the uh, community board. Uh, Obviously, and I hope Michael doesn't take this personally, but uh, of course we can make no guarantees about the stuff that... uh, that we send out. Uh, I just we just read the emails, and when people seem nice and seem like they need some help or want to raise awareness for a thing that sounds cool, we'll mention it on here. But uh, you can go to Facebook.com/slash/impactc&c, and that's uh, that'll get you to an info that you want, or search for it on GoFundMe.com. It's Impact Comics in Grove City, Ohio. This episode is David Cross returning to the Nerds Podcast. Uh, he has written and directed and produced a film called Hits which is geniusly available on BitTorrent February 13th. It's amazing uh, and rad that he is uh, putting the movie on BitTorrent. So get it on BitTorrent starting February 13th. Then share, share, share your media. When you you find stuff like uh, Cross's movie that you can get on BitTorrent, share it as much as possible so that people know because you are the platform. (gasps) You're empowered. As we get into the Nerds Podcast number 634, guest number 634 with David Cross. Katie, roll the thing. Now entering Nerdist.com. 
no sympathy for you, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Uh, that was it. That was the whole Dave Cross podcast. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the program, Mr. Thank Cross. You. I think my watch stopped. What? Yeah. It did. Fucking hell. I just replaced the battery in this thing. Now, what if you looked up and we were all just frozen in place? <laughs> but, but the sound is still coming out. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You can hear my thoughts. Oh, that's it. All right. Maybe it was the weather. You know, we're not used to this kind oh, of... Oh, that's what it is. The watch got scared. The watch got scared. <laughs> yeah. Your watch has been in L.A. too long. It's acclimated to the climate. And we are saying because it, it, uh, there was a... Uh, it thundered, apparently. Everybody's talking about it. It's all over the internet. <laughs> and, uh, it's like... 16 dead as thunderclap <laughs> rocks the Southland. Heart attacks everywhere. Apocalypse. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I, 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 I may have commented on the fact that it was thundering, and that's very uncharacteristic of our fine LA. Meanwhile, the rest of the country is immobile. You know, like, if, if what's happening? Yeah. The skies are turning on us. <laughs> but that's the thing. They're, they're not immobile. They just, you know, whatever the weather is, they just get on with it. Right. And, uh... Oh, there we go. I my, got my, my watch back. What time is it? It is 4.06. Great. I guess all it needed was a little bit of winding love. Do you live here now, or do you live in New York? Uh, well, I try to live in New York, yeah. uh, <laughs> but um, I pretty much, for the last several years, I've pretty much evenly split through between New York, London, and L.A. So, L.A., uh, like, if I'm not working here, uh, my wife is often working here, so if I'm not working, then I got to come out and sure. be here. Um, and now I, uh, like I was telling Joan, I've, I've, for the last couple weeks, I've, uh, or a month or so, like I uh, am out here for a week riding. I go home for a week, come back out here for another week. Uh, I could do the whole Virgin America um, safety music video. The music video is, which the first time I'm sure they played it, they were like, "Guys, we we've got a hit here." And the thirtieth time, I'm, I'm, I mean, I uh, I love Virgin, but I'm uh, uh, I mean, I'm literally on there uh, four times every seven days, and uh, and it's just. I, can't, I mean, it, it's in my sleep, that fucking thing. <laughs> Who's your favorite, the little Asian girl, or is it... The Matrix Now, now will you... Uh, dun, 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 to the rap beat. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> wait, your eyes are glued to the flat screen. Uh, Digging uh, to the rap scene. Uh, that a, if should some a mask will fall. Don't worry, oxygen flows. To your head and your nose. And if you're traveling with somebody else, for like a child, for instance, whatever, it's... And then there's like a lot. Before you something assistance, right? Yeah, yeah. Before you something assistance. No, that's still... Now, 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 under your seat, there's a life vest. In first class, it's located under your armrest. Yeah, whatever. God, it's like seven and eight minutes. And for the zero point one percent of you, yeah. never operated a seatbelt. I mean, before. really? Okay, yeah. it goes like this. I remember someone tried to start a sting because the original version of that was the animated sequence, and it was yeah. like a matador. Yeah, and there's yeah, people yeah, were trying yeah, to yeah. say that that was offensive towards Latinas. Oh come yeah, on! Yeah, was a, well, a matador is Spanish. Spanish. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, I know. Are you sure? Oh, so, so why don't just delete that person? <laughs> I, just, I, I came across it. Delete. It wasn't something I saw. Well, you know out. the previous the previous safety announcement 
was it was that one? It was the animated one. The animated yeah, with the matador. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always and he was with the bull. I always just, I only just yeah. heard it. Yeah. yeah, because you're in first class all the well, time. Well, we you know, Matt, you're blind. I, you're blind. Uh, <laughs> That's right. You're dealing with that. You're blind. Yeah. You're blind. I'm blind by, to poverty. Uh, we gotta uh, cut that out. Quish has been trying to keep the fact that he's blind secret yeah. for so long. He's been doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it, but that was just the dry voice before. They're like. The guy who sounded like he couldn't be bothered to do the thing. Yes. Calculated. The point zero, zero, one, <laughs> you never, never. Carl's it Jr. goes voice. like this. Yeah. You yeah. fucking idiot. Like, yeah. it just, it would very much have Well, they make even more, they make it, uh, they're even more derisive in this uh, music video one. She rolls her eyes. Yes. And she's got her hands, you know, akimbo on her hips. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Okay. Like, yeah. what? So, at some point, there is somebody who hasn't and also, worn their seatbelt, and they'd yeah. like to know, Your seatbelts don't work like car seatbelts. You have to lift a buckle. Yeah. You hit a button in a car. I now, in case we must evacuate, <laughs> we got a plan of attack. We got a plan of attack. <laughs> The lights will light on your da da da. Oh God! I'm gonna, I, I go home tomorrow. I'm gonna have to hear it again. <laughs> you're gonna start getting. The... You're gonna start getting the shakes before you have to get on that plane. Why don't you just put some headphones on and not look at the screen? Uh, you can't go past the. I mean, I can put headphones on, but you can't. It's really loud. They jack up the it's volume. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's totally true. It makes me kind of miss the. Uh, Delta had that redheaded lady for oh, a yeah. while who yeah. would go, yeah. smoking is not allowed. But now and Delta, I feel like Delta oh, switches it out every month with I their love stupid, that, like... I love that Delta guy. He is, you know, I grew up in the South, and he is the epitome of that kind of white Baptist kind of like... Uh, he's, his voice is like this. His voice like this. Uh, we are so Incredible. pleased to have y'all on Delta, where our, uh, you know. He's talking about the people. The people what is his Delta. name? What is his name? It's, Richard something? Yeah, the third. It's like Richard. My, my great, my grandfather what? founded this airline on, uh, just. <laughs> Chairman CEO Delta. of Delta, yeah. Uh, my, my great grandfather uh, founded Richard the Peanut. Richard Richard Anderson. Richard Anderson. Absolute perfect southern yeah, name. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for flying the friendly skies of Delta. Uh, are you guys writing? Are you doing? Are you writing Mr. Show right now? Are you? Are you no, no. Talking? I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing a podcast. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm out in Hollywood. What? Uh, yeah. I'm Wait. At Hollywood Center Studios. You're really present. Uh, yeah, <laughs> home well, of, home of Mad TV. <laughs> yep. Did um, you work here? Did you work on? Did you work on Mad? I was a consultant for their first couple months. Yes. Okay. Uh, and they took uh, boy, they were at odds with me immediately. They they hired me for some reason, and then any of my notes they just uh, dismissed and, and they really didn't care for. Blaine Capatch, uh, who writes on at midnight with us, uh, he has my favorite David Cross at Mad TV story where they're discussing uh, Nicole Sullivan uh, character. Uh, with the, I think it was the lady that was at the the hairdresser or like the makeup counter lady or something mm-hmm. like that, and they were talking about the thing, the thing that she would always say, and then Blaine describes you uh, going, "That's uh, not really a character. That's actually a character trait." <laughs> and then the EP just going, "All right, moving on." <laughs> totally bullish. Yeah, they did. It's very valid note. They brought me in. They paid me some good money to come in and sort of uh, be at the writers' pitch stuff and and give notes. And they they really and not when I say they, it's the, the it was um uh the two guys. Uh, uh, there was. Fax and Adam. Fax and Adam, and it was Adam who really didn't care for me. I think <laughs> if I if I remember that correctly, uh, the taller of the two, the the Jewier one, and uh, 
they just there was a there was an early sketch about people who um, and it was a bad sketch uh, about like bums who go uh, to fine dining restaurants and then eat out of the they're like foodies but they're bums and they so they go oh, to so the they have to dumpster the, diving the at the yeah. and they're talking and it was and and it, I can't remember where the sketch went but it just sort of made fun of homeless people and I was and I. You know, I'm I'm hardly PC, but I was like, "Come on, guys! There's a bigger thing here." You know, uh, uh, you want to make fun of McDonald's for throwing out all this food, or or something? There's something more to this than simply let's make fun of homeless people uh, dumpster diving, and uh, that's where the that was one of my first notes when we were talking about it was one of the first sketches pitched, and uh, and they just. They saw me, I think, as just some snotty, elitist, <laughs> Mr. Show asshole, liberal <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> and, uh, and it was it was weird. It was a strange uh, when was confrontational. This? Um, like the first, right? Yeah. When did they start? I can't remember. Ninety-five, I think. So that's like right in the middle of Mr. Show. Then it would have been, uh, yeah, it would have been sort of uh, probably when we were waiting because we had a lot of downtime. They would HBO never. Literally every single year, they would wait to the last day to let us know what we were picked up. And, uh, and you know, your manager goes out and finds you some work yeah. in between. And they're like, oh, you want to consult on Mad TV? Sure, sounds great. And sure. I knew, you know, Blaine and Patton were there. And yeah. they're like, yeah, fuck, yeah, this will be great. Uh, I mean, I was clearly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> What's the weirdest job that you've ever gotten dropped into because they heard they were aware of you like oh Dave Cross he's someone we should probably work with and you get there and you realize they have no idea who you are or what your voice is and you should not be there the the immediate thing that's uh, this may not be what you're talking about but I got booked uh, at a uh, to do stand up at St. Louis University uh, and it was one of the worst gigs one of the most uh, unsettling gigs um, and uh and uh, I got picked up, and sap, you know, you, you get these gigs, and the colleges usually pay pretty well. They're not good audiences, but you just go, whatever. That's probably, you know, there's a 50 50 chance it'll suck, but that's fine. They're going to pay. And it doesn't matter if anyone shows up or not, because yeah, they yeah. just have to spend it's the money. It's not a to... discerning audience at right. all, because it's free, and it's like you're in a room, and you can, you can literally watch people pass by the open door and kind of <laughs> poke in and go, huh? No. Eh, no. And, uh, but it's fine. You go, look, they're going to give me 10 grand to come in and, you know, do an hour and a half. Great. All right, whatever. And so I flew in, and I get picked up by the kids, and, uh, um, and I'm riding back, back to, uh, riding to the gig from the airport, and uh, and I'm doing what I usually do, which is asking questions about the town, about the school, just little information. And uh, so I'm like, you know, what's uh, what's the school like? Tell, you know, describe it for me. Oh, it's you know, it's great. It's a it's a fun school. It's um, you know, kind of medium size, and uh, um, you know, it's it's uh, the, it was uh, America's first Jesuit school. And uh, then he goes on. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, what? I'm in the back seat, and they're the there's a guy and a girl in the front. I'm like, I'm sorry, but did, you said this is a Jesuit school? Uh, yeah, it was one of the first. Uh, father, uh, <laughs> and I and I said, uh, you guys know? Do you know? Are you familiar with my act? Uh, you stand up? No, you're the chicken pot pie guy, right? From Sh- just shoot me. Oh, I was like, uh, yeah, you do stand up, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. That's why I'm here. I, but my act, I, uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, and and so okay, so that's that. Whatever, I, that's not that biggest deal. And uh, 
And we get into this room that doesn't have a stage. Like, they got those risers and set them up. They kind of created a stage. And, um, and it's all metal folding chairs. And there's 300 of them with this little kind of row in the middle where they created an aisle. And they just set them all up. So it's not a theater, in other words. And, um, and I go up on stage, and I have my, uh, my table with a pitcher of water and a glass uh, on it. And... I go up and I start doing, uh, start doing my act, you know, and uh, um, and I never or I or very rarely do I alter it. It's just like, all right, well, this is what it is, and um, you know, fairly early on, there was uh, Jesus stuff, and uh, <laughs> and people. Oh, oh, I've, I also have to tell you that uh, in there's no exit behind me. The the only. Exit, <laughs> The only exit is a door in the corner, uh, kind of like if I'm center stage, it would be, if I'm looking out, it would be, uh, you know, northwest. And it was just a, a single, you know, door that opens and uh, wasn't even a double door. So I start doing this stuff, and then people start leaving. They're, they're kind of oddly not rude in the sense nobody's heckling, uh, but they just start leaving. Like, we're not, we're not hearing this. We don't want to hear this. And... But everybody leaving at the same time, and I'm talking about hundreds of people, and and it's the chairs are scraping, and they're not doing it on purpose. It's just a bunch of people. The they're bottlenecking at the at the oh my God. the door, but about sixty people are into it and start moving up front, and, uh, and it got really creepy. Where uh, a guy came up on stage, and he was really confrontational, staring at me. He took the water, poured it into the glass, and drank, chugged the whole thing like that was his Christian. Fuck you to me. Um, <laughs> he blessed the water before he got it. Turned into wine in his belly, and uh, <laughs> and it was really just off-putting. I can't I can't put into words how uh, uh, uncomfortable it was, and just the murmuring and trying to do a set. It was it was almost like anti-heckling, but wow. uh, uh, it was really effective in throwing me off. But then a bunch of people like sat up, like, "Go ahead, do it. This is great." Um, but they were clearly the minority, but. Uh, um, but that's an example of getting hired for something where, like, you clearly don't know what I do. I, I performed a- at that university, and and they, right before, because I went to Jesuit high school, and so they, you know, I was like, oh, well, they, and they said before, they, they said, uh, you know, like, your language can be PG, but, you know, don't say anything about priests and don't say anything about, like, nothing. And I was like, okay. I mean, I, I didn't really care. I didn't really have anything anyway, so I was like, man, it's fine. But then, in the course of the show, you know, I, I mean, I see the, the student who, because there's always a student person, it's like a student body organization that mm-hmm. brings you in and books you. Right. And Acti- the activities. The activities yeah. director or whatever, and I, I just sort of felt like I was kind of being hawk-eyed by her a little bit, just to make sure I didn't. So that naturally was kind of like, I see you staring at me, and she's staring at me because I'm... And so I started explaining, like, I was asked not to say anything. And then, so, of course, some people aren't. It's like, do it! Yes. You know? <laughs> so I was like, no, I don't want to... I, I, you know, she said... I wasn't saying it to get them to coax me into doing it. I was like, no, I was asked not to. I shouldn't have brought this up. Do it! Like, everyone seems way on board. And so... I was like, all right, well, I'll just tell this stupid joke that, uh, you know, I was like, my Latin teacher told me this. So if a, if a priest had told me this, the other priest can't be offended. Like, it was a priest. And it was just some dumb joke about, like, you know, why is a priest like a Christmas tree? They have balls for decoration. Like, something stupid like that. 
But it really, like, 60% of the audience was just like, oh. Like, they were really... Uh, I was like, but you asked me to do this. Well, maybe they went, oh, because the joke's not very good. Okay, David, I understand that. (laughs) I expressed it as this was told to me. I know the difference between that's a bad joke and you shouldn't have said what you just said. I'm not so sure. All right, David, I don't appreciate... What was the ride back to the airport like for you, David? Uh... It really shook me, and I, I remember coming back to, and no, they wouldn't talk to me. Uh-huh. They they just wow. iced me, and uh, uh, I got back, and I remember going to my bar at the time with Seven B in, in New York, and I uh, and my favorite bartender there, Jay, and I was just like, uh, I came in, and I didn't even go home. I was just like, I got to get a drink. This is, uh, and I sat down. I just had a couple shots and beers, and I was like, man, that was the craziest thing I just went through, and just explained it to him. And, that was it. Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I rattled enough to go from the airport to the bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think I went home. I like, had my bag, my little Jesus. duffel bag. Um, yeah, yeah I, and, and I also... But, you know, I mean, I guess that's their prerogative. It's their school. They can do, you know, like, it's a private thing if that's what they want. But it just, like, maybe maybe do a little research mm-hmm. before you have people of course. come to your school or organization. Yeah. So that you you suffered from the same thing that Patton suffered from, which was oh, I saw him on a sitcom. Yep. he's probably that goofy character. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's happened a couple times. But this was pre, uh, this was pre shut up you fucking baby. So uh, it would have been. I mean, there was access to my TV sets, and I had a half hour special on HBO. Oh, and I had an hour special. That's right. So there was plenty to look at, and certainly my. You know, I've been doing that kind of stuff for a long time. So that doesn't happen anymore, though. No, I don't get hired. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? They're getting an hour of Tobias Funke. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have Do you have a place in London? No, um, but uh, you know, production will pay for. uh, Unfortunately, the exchange rate is so bad, but um, uh, the. but I'll, you know, they'll put me up. And I usually go, like, uh, well, now I do Airbnb, but before you just go on, like, uh, you know, with the, the equivalent of, like, a Craigslist or a, yeah. a placement thing where you get a a, a furnished uh, flat there, you know. Did so. you consider just moving there for a while? Um, if this other project I have uh, it, it pending with uh, Sky goes, then I will have to move there. And I, I talked to my wife about it, and it's like... There's just no way around it. We're going to have to, because I'm going to have to write it, direct it, uh, and do all the post on it. And it's going to have to be there. So um, it's not the, it's kind of a cool thing. And and we were also thinking, what if, I have no idea how this works, and this is out of ignorance, but like, what if we have a baby that's born in England? Do we get all the benefits of a social democrat, you know, country and also dual citizenship? uh, And Sexually transmitted health care? Um, not just, uh, huh? You create a baby, which basically then, like, gang oh, jumps see. you into the, to their healthcare like, system. Like, we, I could maybe glom off of the baby, that right. stupid, <laughs> selfish baby, <laughs> uh, and we can get some free healthcare. You get some free healthcare. Uh, I, I've had, uh, I, you know, I don't, I, I know other people have different stories, uh, and, and some of them are tragic and terrible, but I have had amazing experiences with the healthcare system over there. I mean, just... Things that would so bum you out, uh, knowing <laughs> what it's like here and how much things cost. Like, uh, um, 
one thing I had an emergency root canal. It's a long story. I won't go into it. It was, it was, it was going through extreme pain. Didn't know what was going on. Ended up having to get an emergency root canal, uh, going into the dentist. So it's not, uh, I don't have a regular dentist. Right. They just said, Oh, you got to go to this place. The nearest place is, you know, Bloomsbury and go down the street and here it is. And went in, uh, cause I didn't know what I needed at that point. And I was in a lot of pain. And, uh, and, the guy who was supposed to look at it wasn't uh, there, and so there was another dentist who wasn't affiliated with this dentist practice who was down the street, and they did some uh, – uh, whoever was preliminarily looking the, was like, oh, my God, you, you're, this is – I think this is advanced, and they had to go get this other dentist who was just doing something routine, so he was able to leave, came over uh, – and they did some x-rays, and he goes, you need an emergency root canal right now. I'm canceling my other thing. I'm going to do it over here. Um, I'm like, huh, what? And, um, you know, uh, uh, so he gives me the anesthesia and does all this stuff. And he does the the minimal amount of stuff that needed to be done to remove the rotten tooth and, and um, uh, uh, clean it out and fill it, basically, uh, so that when I got back to the States, I could, you know, I could live with it for uh, a couple months and then the finish it off, get a crown or whatever. Um, but he, uh, uh, so all this shit happened. He's taking the x-rays, explaining things, does the emergency root canal, puts the rod in, does all that stuff, sets it. Um, and the bill for that was 68 pounds. Oh <laughs> I will repeat that. 68 pounds. And I walked in off the street like, ah! you know, I mean, somebody had called over from production and go, you know, they, they knew somebody whose sister was a, worked at this thing and went in and, and they actually got a guy from down the street who yeah, gave still up like 105 bucks. Uh... 68 pounds for crazy. all of that. And then I had to get the last bit, the last part done, uh, and I was in L.A., and uh, I don't remember what the, the, the cost was. It was really just measuring and then uh, ordering the crown and, and, uh, and cementing it on. Mm-hmm. And that was – this was somebody who was my wife's uh, family dentist. And I, I'm kind of pulling this number out of my ass. I don't remember exactly what it was. But it was something like $2,700. <laughs> Jesus. Like, and, and I was in there. I was in and out in about 35, 40 minutes. Jesus. And this thing was hours and hours of major dental surgery. 68 <laughs> pounds. ridiculous. Yeah. Well, maybe it is a good idea to just move over there and glom off your kid yeah. if you're going to. Um, but then I'm going to, because I, I want to take advantage of it, I'll have to give myself leukemia or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to feel good about it's it. It's like if you see a parking space, you're like, well, I don't need to be here, but there's parking <laughs> spaces. Well park. i got to park here because I can't, I can't <laughs> so let this I'm this spot again. Sit and play yeah. Candy Crush. Yeah. Right. <laughs> do you, are, are you doing, uh, are you performing in, in London a lot when you're over there? Um, yeah, I try to do sets. I mean, I'm, I'm usually pretty busy there. My, I'm, my days are filled with, uh, well, either writing or when I go back in May, it'll be pre-production, then production. And, and those are, you know, those are 12-hour days and long. Um, but when I'm doing, like, pre-production and post on stuff, uh, then, yeah, I go and do sets. They have tons of, you know, alternative fun uh, gigs over there. You know, you can hop on, and I know a bunch of people at this point, and it's fun. The audiences are great. They can be either – they can be uh, – uh, I've my experience with London crowds are uh, the highs are higher and the lows are lower. Okay. Yeah. 
So they're more express. They they can give you more, but they can also tear you down more. Absolutely, yeah. It's <laughs> it's really true. Um, but that's sort of if you do like a set at the comedy store or something like that. But if you're doing like the alternative rooms, they're all cool. It's they're fun. Yeah, very meltdown ish. Oh, know. good, 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 good. Yeah, I just I've always wanted Although to spend. That might be the greatest audience on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the meltdown yeah. audience. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. It's it like kind of spoils you for it's ridiculous really everything else. I mean, it's great, but. Uh, but yeah, I, and L.A. is just kind of a notch above New York audiences, and New York audiences are great, but L.A. is just fucking top. The audiences yeah, are so good. Right like, yeah. It's like there's a ton of shows now, and every, everyone has a crowd for it, and they're, all the crowds are great. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm yeah. glad to hear that, because that was really not always the case. And I, I still tell people when someone's like, oh, I want to do stand-up, I was like, go to New York, Like, don't come to L.A. first, it's a bad place to learn comedy. But do you mean like in the in the uh, standard rooms or the alternative rooms? I think in the alternative rooms, just because it always feels mm. to me that in New York, you can, there's a, there's a, you can perform for more, you can perform more times in a night, and there's more just well, regular true. people, there's just more regular people that come to shows. I always, here I feel like you got to drive, you got to park, not for sure, you yeah. know, yeah. but if it, Unless but, you're already there, because you saw that spot earlier. It's true. <laughs> But uh, but I haven't done I haven't been doing the LA scene really for the, for a couple of years and so it maybe maybe it's gotten a lot better. I mean, d- don't get me wrong, New York is great, but LA is just super great. Um, I'm glad you have. I've never heard anyone say that before. I'm glad to yeah, hear there, that. Yeah, there it's uh, especially you. I've never heard you say anything <laughs> positive about <laughs> yeah. Los Angeles. Oh my god, what's happening to you? <laughs> I've really gone Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> so again, now again, some perspective. <laughs> So is it, I'm sure are are people bugging you about Mr. Show stuff? Yeah, but that's uh that's uh fine and understandable. I mean, I well Paul F Tompkins tweeted that photo right. and then I put something on the Kickstarter page. Uh I I had a Kickstarter thing going and uh, um and so between those two things um you know everybody uh but it's good it's encouraging everybody's everybody's excited about it and uh and I can't unfortunately I certainly had hoped by this point that we'd be able to say something but we can't just yet it's just not sure we're not sure where we'll do it but I I'm 99% sure we will do something and it'll be you know hopefully uh, uh well I'll when we have something solid we'll say it but uh uh yeah it'll be in the spring out here, and uh, we're hoping to do. We will do something good. Yeah, because awesome. Ackerman was um, Ackerman was on a couple weeks ago, and it hasn't posted yet. But he just sort of said, like, well, you know, we just uh, just kind of got in a room and just was seeing what that was like again. And, and he we was all like, slipped into our old roles. And yeah, he said everyone kind of fell into their old roles. But he also it said, was immediate. <laughs> it was, I mean, in a really fun way. Uh, we didn't know what to expect, and uh, we've had three of those kind of writers' room meetings now. And uh, um, that first one, and I haven't seen these guys in the same place since I think we did the. Um, commentary uh oh no 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 it was when we did the audio read for uh hollywood says no but um said no but uh uh that was like you know that was a while ago and we had scripted stuff but but sitting down as writers and you know presenting pieces and getting notes it was just right, immediately right back into the same roles and same. It was it was so much fun. I haven't laughed that much in years. And it was it was a lot of fun. But Scott also said that in addition that what came with that was that you know he said but no one was um, there weren't really any insecurities anymore. Like everyone was yeah. totally comfortable 
you know, everyone's done. Everyone's done well, and everyone felt like yeah. it, it didn't. It didn't really seem like everyone was fighting to get there. Not at all. I mean, and and Scott's probably the made the biggest leap. You know, uh, I mean, his Mr. Show was basically his first kind of real gig. Yeah. And since then, you know, obviously is uh, um, you know well established in many different areas. Uh, have you been to his restaurant? <laughs> Which one? Uh, yeah, the, the comedy Bang Bang Shrimp. <laughs> um, Spicy. So yeah, you know, we all came together, you know, and and since we last met, obviously we've matured, and you know, there's there's wives and or children, and uh, you know, it's just a different thing. But we were immediately right back in the, you know, it's like when you go home for Thanksgiving, and you know, you got two people in their forties arguing like they're teens, you know. <laughs> Do you feel that? Uh, I mean, is it something that you would want to do regularly, or is it is it just something that you guys are like, yeah, we'll just you know we'll get together and see how it goes once, and then? I mean, don't don't take this to mean anything other than an answer to your question as as you know, not that this will happen or we're, we're going to try to make it happen. I would like to, I'd like to do this you know annually or every year and a half. Uh, um, part of the problem is I don't I I. I don't live here, and I don't want to live here. And, uh, um, you know, I have a place in the city in New York, and I have a place upstate, and I much prefer being there. And, um, and But I'd like to find... And Bob's going to be crazy busy with Saul. Right. And uh, um, I'd, like to, I'd like to be able to uh, know, though, in advance, like, yeah, we're going to carve out these four months or three and a half months, whatever it becomes, whatever it... However it manifests itself, and... Uh, and go, yeah, every year, every 14 months, I'm going to be in L.A. for four months, and we're going to work and have fun and do this thing, and then I get to go back and do whatever I'm doing. That'd you know? be awesome. So, but I assume that that's, well, I'm, if I keep asking questions, you're not going to be able to answer them. It, it, if, it, if it all works out, that, that would be the way that it could potentially work. Yeah, I mean, if, if everybody else can make it work in their schedules, and, uh, um, you know, we... we we both have, uh, you know, some pretty specific projects that we have to do, you know, right. um, and uh, and you know, Bob shoots his thing in Albuquerque, you know, so and he's there for six months a year, so Oof. or whatever it is. But so, when did you start? So, did, did hits? Are you distributing hits? Are you giving it away online? Did I read that properly? Um, it's pay what you want. Okay, and it'll be on BitTorrent, um, and this is the first. Uh, how do I word this? It's the first movie that's available on BitTorrent that is legal, right? <laughs> I guess, or right. That is—I don't know how that shit works, but um, we're the first kind of—I uh, don't know what do you, what do you call it? What is that? It's you've sanctioned it. You've like you're, you're sanctioning. Like, you're like please. yeah, we're 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 working in conjunction with them. You're to purposely using it. it as a distribution channel as yes. opposed to. Yeah. The, the, first the audience using it as a distribution yes, that, channel. That's, yeah. that's the best way to uh, put it. And and it wasn't my idea. It was the producer's idea. And they went to BitTorrent, and they were uh, – I was I was blown away by how uh, enthusiastic they were. And, like, three days later, they had, a like, a 16-page PowerPoint presentation of how it would work, and they had all these ideas. Like, wow. it was, it was crazy. I mean, I can – you know, if I had my computer, I could show it to you. It's right. just page after page, and we're going to do this and this and this. And like they were... they've been thinking and working about like this idea for a while, and finally someone came to them with it. Maybe, or they're just perhaps, or they just uh, you know 
got scrambled and were like, yeah, we have this opportunity. Because we did go to them. Yeah. Um, uh, but they were so on board like immediately and had all these great ideas. That's really and, cool. And then the other... They're like uh, moonshine runners after Prohibition. They're like, whoa, we're ready. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And uh, then... <laughs> <laughs> Then uh, uh, the 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 pay what you want in the theaters Kickstarter idea self to self distribute came uh, a little later after that. Cool. Yeah. So when 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 or when are you going to distribute it in theaters? Is it going to is it going to February twelfth? Okay. Yeah. And uh, and that is also pay what you want. So how does that work with the theater? You buy you buy a ticket online for whatever you want, and then it's redeemable at the theater. Or I don't work at the theater, Chris. I <laughs> well, can't tell you. You must have thought about this. Um, the the uh, I, I don't know if you buy it online. I don't know how that would work. Uh, but I guess it'll be li- it'll be like how you go to a movie uh, in in whatever town, and and that's the really encouraging thing. Is like right now, I think we were at. 37 cities, uh, towns, and by the time this thing airs, uh, uh, you know, it could be at 50, who knows, but the the list is really, like, places this would never play. I don't even think about, like, Iowa City. You know, this movie would never play in Iowa City, so it's going to be, it'll play all over the place, and we're telling people to, you know, contact your local theater if you want it to come, and then they'll contact the producers, and we just have... We go in with enough money to uh, rent the theater and pay for insurance and staff and all that the this, this stuff, you know, to pay for a, a modicum of marketing and promotion for it so people know it's there. And and then the pay what you want will hopefully offset those costs, you know. Right. Uh, and, you know, it, it's uh, – uh, I suppose you just do it the way you normally do it. It's kind of a brilliant idea because – it's maybe it's one of those movies where people are like, I really want to see that. I, I don't know if I have twenty, forty bucks to spend for me and my yeah. partner, but I could spend well, ten. Gay people are not allowed if that's what you're oh, implying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so they they can make stay sure home and out. save their forty dollars. Um, <laughs> you changed a lot after St. Louis University. <laughs> it was nine eleven. Nine eleven really. Um, I'm the I'm the Dennis Miller of me's. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the idea, and um, you know the the Kickstarter fund is kind of supplementing that thing, so that hopefully we don't lose any money. Uh, nobody's under the uh, illusion that we're gonna um, make a, a, a you know make money off this thing, but this uh, this model allows it to at least to hopefully not lose any money, but also go out there to a ton of places that it would normally never be, and. Um, uh, fuck, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, Distributing, putting in the Oh, yeah. The, 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 you, what you have to remember is that sales agents and distributors take a cut. So now we don't have to pay that money. So we don't have to uh, uh, you know, jack up the price of the ticket or whatever just so we don't lose money because the distributors are taking a cut and so are sales agents. So that we've just gotten rid of that those the middlemen as it were. Yeah. Did you like Did you like the process of directing a film? Oh yeah, it was great. Really? Because a lot of people have you. This is your first movie that you've directed. Full, full yeah. Things. Yeah. Most people kind of have the experience of like it was a war zone and it was intense and it was not at all. I I mean one of the one of the first 
ideas when I went into it, when I knew I was going to do it, is to, uh, and I know it's important from being on the other side of things, uh, and I've produced a bunch of stuff too, so, so that's part of the learning process is to have a fun, loose set. There's no reason to have anybody be an asshole, and I don't want to work with anybody. I don't care how brilliant they are. They can be the best sound guy, the best DP, whatever. If you're an asshole, you're not welcome on the set. And, you know, it's a long shoot for nobody's getting paid anything. We're, we're, it's a tough shoot, and it's low budget. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the two things, that was part of the credo. And then also another important thing was I want to make sure that catering is good. I want to make sure we put good money, some of this budget, into, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, fine dining, but I just don't want all these people are busting their ass for no money. We should have really nice food for them. We should catering, have, you know, like yeah. to anyone who's making a short film or a low budge film, have something. catering is the thing. You want it something that like those hobos would go after in the trash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it, but it is the one That's thing funny. that the crew, you know, they go, Oh wow. Like they will talk about yeah. how good the catering it, is. And if the food is good, they will work extra hard and be happy. Yeah. And, and you're asking a lot from a lot of people. And, and, you know, we have some fairly, you know, uh, uh, we have some really talented, bigger names in the in the movie. You know, like uh, uh, well, not huge names, obviously, but people who are, you know, have worked on sixty million dollar budget, you know, films or TV shows, and you just want it's the one thing you can do. So do it. You know, just uh, uh, give them. You know, make sure craft services is good, and and you've got uh, your catering is good, and um, it's a thing. If you have a, a small budget, you can actually affect that kind of, you know, happiness and uh, and satisfaction, and and because the inverse is also true. Because if it's shitty food, then you're fucking cranky, and now you're even <laughs> crankier for the second half of the day. And um, but it was a, it was really fun. We had a great cast and crew, and it was. Uh, uh, there was never any real tense shit ever, and it and you know, and I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy on the set. And we shot up, uh, you know, where I live, and uh, so you know, I knew the area, and people had been there, and people were crashing at my house, and uh, um, and I think it's kind of reflected. You know, it's it was it was fun. It was it was uh, it was quite a bit of fun, and you're working with really great. Uh, actors who are skilled at improv and it was it was a blast i enjoyed it what's your favorite do you have a favorite thing in terms of performing and directing and writing and producing uh catering (laughs) you know um uh i I don't i mean i think that i i could i would say that the thing that i at when everything's done uh the thing i'm most satisfied with is usually writing like that is to me the the hardest of the things to do and to do well, and uh, um, I'm usually that's the thing I'll have the most pride in is the the writing of, of something. Um, but as far as favorite thing to do, uh, I mean they're all good, they're all fun. Uh, I've always felt like acting, like when I did Arrested Development, which I didn't write, that's like that's like paid vacation. You know, I get to go have fun with these other talented, fun people and this fun character to do. And I just did. Uh, uh, Pitch Perfect 2, uh, I did a week on that. Uh, I did this crazy, not crazy, but just very over-the-top character. Um, and, you know, I know the director. I'm, I'm friends with the director, and I'm friends with a bunch of the other people that I got to work with. 
and it's not anything I would uh, I'd, I'd seek, you know, and it's not anything that it's it's not a a movie that I would go, oh, I got to be a part of that. But I did it because I had so much fun, and I, you know, I didn't. All I had to worry about was uh, the memorizing the words and hitting my marks, and and they were very uh, encouraging for improv, which is I assume why I'm hired for a lot of things. And uh, and I just had it was a week of fun. It was Reggie Watts and Jason Jones and Joe Latrulia and all, uh, uh, Adam from uh, uh, Workaholics and uh, just a bunch of. It was it was a blast. I had I had a lot of fun doing it. That's know? cool because a lot of times people get weird going and saying other people's words if they're writers because they can't get out of their head. It's like, well, this isn't how I would write this. Well, you you know you I, I still have that kind of uh, you know I'll, I'll I'll you know respectfully say hey uh, I had some thoughts on this uh, and I don't think anybody's ever I can't remember an occasion where anybody went. Uh, um, no, I'm not interested in your notes, you know. Uh, <laughs> Except at Mad TV. Um, yeah. um, I did do I did do one movie where uh, I I would stray a little bit, and the director would go, "No, no, just do it the way it is." And I thought that was odd because there was nothing about uh, the character wasn't a major character, and the, the there wasn't a lot of exposition. So I was like, "Why? Why do I have to say it this way?" But okay, you know, it was weird. Um, but outside of that, you know, you just sort of go have fun and they cut what they they use what they want to use and you know so but uh probably directing is the most satisfying at the end of the day i guess the acting's fun writing i feel the proudest of but directing's like wow that's my thing live or die with it you know yeah i get to make the decisions you really are making the thing from- yeah and i it's a, it's from a script that i wrote so it's it's I have I have yet to direct anything that I didn't write, so yeah, that might be a different story. And the movie is essentially about uh, people's obsession with it's uh, uh, you know sci-fi uh, time trippy. Uh, it's it's uh, it's about the ascension of a uh, god called Jupiter. He rises. <laughs> I think you're up. no. That's a Wachowski's film. You you directed the... hits. Wait, what? Your, yeah, na- yeah, your yeah. name's you're, David Cross. You're David Cross. You're not a Wachowski. I heard people walked out of that at Sundance. Out of Jupiter Ascending? <laughs> yeah. I heard the people at were Sundance. Walking. It played at Sundance? Yes. No wonder they walked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to show you this tight little indie film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, where's the glockenspiel? <laughs> <laughs> Needs more ukulele. I thought this was going to look like one extended Prius commercial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These aren't weird jobs. Uh, <laughs> Uh, wait, what'd you ask? <laughs> Hits is basically, it, from what I can oh, tell, yes. it seems to be about uh, like uh, people's obsession with with uh, with social media and likes and 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 views and fame. It, like, mostly about fame, fame but you know, using social media as a as a uh, facil- facilitator of that. But um, yeah, it's about it's it's you know in a uh, a broader sense, it's kind of about our the culture today and and the obsession with fame and the and the um not necessarily obsession but just the desire for it and the fame as an end all be all kind of and how it's not real <laughs> well it is real it it is uh because of all the different uh conduits to it there it's uh you know you can be famous from youtube or vines or tweets or uh you know failing at a 
singing competition on TV or uh, getting your, you know, getting kicked in the nuts. Uh, you know, that that will make you famous. Or uh, uh, blowing a guy and then the tape leaks and now you have a, you know, a multi-billion dollar cottage industry with your sisters, you know? <laughs> It's that that thing, and then the people that let look up to that thing is basically what it's about. I mean, just off the top of you, just spitballing, like theoretically. Yeah, like if you're if you're um, uh, like say your mother's a whore and uh, mm-hmm. has no compunction about exploiting their right. children for their own gain, and then one of those children is friends with a socialite who got famous and and stayed famous because a sex tape leaked, and then decided, oh. Um, you know, to her herself, like, what if I blow this guy and have him fuck me, and then the tape accidentally leaks, and I'll leak it myself, and sure. and then uh, and then to extend that into a uh, you know where you brand yourself and you have literally no discernible talent, and then people, children look up to that, and um, somewhere there's let's say a, a teenage mother you know gets a show called we'll, we'll call it Teen Mom, and sure. uh, and that be they pe- they become famous, and uh, and then they their fame starts to fade and then they go, Oh, what can keep me in the news? Maybe I'll let this guy fuck me in the ass. And then I'll, that tape will accidentally leak. Um, you know, so that's it, we're just America is the greatest country in the world. <laughs> just some of these hypothetical. It's a hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just, yeah, we're just ideas. I mean, I mean, if you were going to achieve fame and certain, those could potentially be ways. But they're but no po- one. Would, they're slightly no one would possible. Do that. I mean, that's not a. Those wouldn't be real. No, no. One of the. Uh, uh, most the most infuriating review I got from one of the trades after it screened at Sundance, and it screened well, uh, you know, audience wise. But um, one of the guys said, uh, or no, I think it was a guy from Paste Magazine. I have to get this right, but he knocked it for being uh, like the the end, the culmination wasn't plausible. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically that that it was not plausible and. Uh, I thought that was just insane. I mean, like you're you're so wrong. And then after about four months uh, uh, after we screened at Sundance, uh, I, this won't make sense if you haven't seen the movie. But uh, the Clive and Bundy shit happened, and that is a direct thing from the movie. I mean, we. I mean, obviously, we wrote it, and shot it way before that happened. But, but that that reviewer from Pace can suck my dick. <laughs> he, the idea, and I should I shouldn't say I don't know if it's Pace. I think it's the guy from Pace. But, but uh, this idea that he's telling people, yeah, it's not that good of a movie because this it's just increasingly implausible. Like you're, I I mean, we disagree. We absolutely disagree. But uh, uh, and you know the tagline for this. Um, for the movie and the posters, you know, uh, based on a true story that hasn't happened yet. Right. Oh, and uh, um, I think that guy is just out of his fucking mind that he <laughs> thinks. And, and I love that the Clive and Bundy thing happened roughly four or five months after the movie screened. <laughs> and he wrote that review like, well, there's part of it coming true, you fucking dick. <laughs> Telling people not to see my movie. <laughs> but again, this is a hypothetical. I mean, these are all just. Uh, that's not. No, that's actually a real no. thing. That's actually a real thing that happened. So when the movie screens, at what point are you going to travel? Are you going to go around the country when it screens and do and like do Q and A's? And are you going to? I I am going to. Uh, I'm going to be. Uh, unfortunately, there was there was some uh, unfortunate miscommunication. Uh, it's nobody's fault. It was just miscommunication. But uh, I am uh, locked into 
doing um, Q and A at uh, the Nighthawk uh, Theater in Brooklyn when it opens up, and I, I, my, I really wanted to go to one of the smaller towns and just show up unannounced. Um, but uh, I can say this. On February 13th, which is a Friday, I will be at a theater that is not in New York and not in L.A. That is one of the smaller theaters, and I'm not going to tell anybody at all. Uh, and I'm going to show up, and uh, and we'll do a Q&A and you know, maybe take everybody out for pancake breakfast. Uh, I'm not going to say where. I haven't even picked the place yet, but I will. So then, But then I have to fly back to – I was hoping to do more of the smaller towns, but then I have to fly back because I also have to do – Saturday night at the Village East in New York, um, which kind of makes me a bit of a hypocrite because I kept saying, like, I don't want to do New York. And I told people, like, I'm just going to go to these small places, but I can only go to one. And it's going to have to be on Friday the 13th. But, um, yeah. Is is your wife working on something at the moment? Or is she, are you guys able to travel together? Or do you you guys have to She just finished her uh, first movie, and she... uh, uh, it's such a bummer because she's we we thought we were going to be in New York. I was going to be in New York, so she uh, she's doing all the posts for her movie in New York. And because of the Mister Show thing, I have to be out here. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah, it's a why bummer. can't Paul and Bob and Scott and Brian like why can't they just go to New York? I don't understand. I know, I know. Can't, I can't, get, get I can't Brian get fucking leave the valley. I can't get Bob to uh, you know to leave his kids for five minutes to uh, Skype. Uh, you know, it's not. <laughs> I have to come here. It's it's that's how it is, and that's how it always will be. But that's the um, way. But yeah, so Amber is finished uh, directing. Her first film, which she uh, co-wrote, uh, um, and she starts posting, I believe, like, I-, I think it's quite literally the day I start on the Mr. Show thing officially, wow. which will be mid-February. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Really and she'll, she'll, be, she'll be able to come back and forth, but uh, yeah, it sucks. It's a fucking bummer. And uh, um, yeah, it's a bummer. But she'll be once I I go to London on May fifth, and she'll she should be, you know, uh, uh, close to getting it finished by then, and so she'll be in London with me for a couple months. Which will oh, be that's nice. good. Yeah. Yeah. At least on weekends, are you guys able to kind of find just a couple days here and there to meet up? Um, uh, well, she will. I mean, she'll be yeah. able to come because uh, uh, you know what the editing process is. I mean, you yeah. can decide to be in there as much as poss- as, as you want, but there's still you know sometimes you you look at stuff and you make notes and you. You have to walk away. It takes three days to implement those things. You know, as good as an editor as you can be with all the technology, it still takes a significant amount of time. So, yeah, yeah she'll come out. Uh, I don't think I'll have any time really, but she'll be able to come out yeah. here and there. But yeah, it cool. kind of sucks. But that's the that's the biz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at a certain point, I can understand why people are like. I don't want the biz anymore. I just want to hang out with the person. And- <laughs> I, I had a meltdown. Uh, I mean, she tells it better because she was on the receiving end of the phone call. But <laughs> I was I was in London uh, over September and October um, writing the... We're doing a third series of Todd Margaret. So I was over there writing the story. We had broken the stories back in July. I'd go there and spend you know two weeks and came back for a little bit. And... Uh, and I was looking at the possibility of uh, doing um, – so I had Todd Margaret, and then I had this other 
uh, project that, you know, we, as I said, we went to Sky with it. And, um, and this, these are good things. The, the, everything I'm describing is a good, you know, uh, you, you want this. And, uh, and it looked very like Sky was really interested and they, uh, and, and because the show takes place in England and I was going to, uh, co-write them and I was going to direct them all and, and all this, um, I was looking at like I'm never gonna get home, and I when am I fucking gonna see you? This is you know these are all good things. Yeah, if they pick up the show, then what? You know all these great <laughs> wonderful things. And uh, I fucking started. I was also like had had real trouble with jet lag and insomnia for the first week, and I was uh, you know struggling to write these scripts, and I was working on this other project. And again, all good things, all things you want. And uh, but I was starting to. I was having a meltdown, um, but you know, it, again, you you just deal with it, and we were together when we can, and and yeah. you know, well, you are you forget that you're a person, and you can only handle so much, like of being of asking your body to put out more energy, yeah, and at a certain point, you just you will rebel. But like, you just—I mean—it would all be good if if uh, I just want my wife there. But part of the problem was she—I think she had told me like, "Oh, this movie that she was going to do—not not this movie that she directed, uh, but this thing that she would act in—you uh, know—that'll go during the summer." And and it just fit in the calendar. We're like, so the one time I could see you, the one time we can hang out, you're going to be on location on us in Australia. And uh, I gotta, I mean, what the, I just started losing it, like, you know, what if this show goes, I'm never, you know, all this, you have to move to London, I don't give a shit, you have to move to London, you Take know. Hollywood with you, I don't know. What if she was like, no, fuck you, you have to move to Australia. Uh, well, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I would, of course, go, but I would be in the middle of post on these other things. Of course, things, yes, so I, yes. I, I can't, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's just are the it sucks when your schedules are off you know and 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 the thing about this business is it's a it's feast or famine you know you which i wouldn't certainly wouldn't choose but you know you work your ass off and you work six day weeks 10 12 hour days and you know uh and then you know you do this long project put all this time and energy into it and then you don't work for three months right you know and you're like at the end of that project, like I just need a month off. But seven days into that month off, you're like, okay, I'm relaxed now. Let's. Uh, what, what else <laughs> yeah. we got? Never gonna work you know. again. Are yeah. you gonna direct any of uh, the third season of Todd Margaret? Mm-mm. No, I am uh, uh, actually giving the reins to this guy um, uh, more so than I did in the the past. I was really hands on. It was very collaborative. I was there for everything. I stayed in London for you know nine months, and and I and that part of the deal was I just can't do that. I can't. I love London. I love being here, but I I don't want to be away from my wife and my, my dog and my house in New York. And yeah. um, so that was part of the process when we were uh, meeting di- potential directors. And this guy's great. I'm very very. Uh, oh, I think his last name is Hardwick. <gasps> yeah, yeah. So with an E at the end. You know, yeah. some, of us, some of us. Sir John Hardwick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but what he's if awesome. You show up and it's just me with a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, David. <laughs> You're just. Yes. I don't know what. I have doing. to stop hiring directors via Craigslist. <laughs> um, no, I'm very excited, uh, uh, and I'm and really giving the reins over more than I ever have. So, we'll, you know, yeah, it's fun. probably I, a good thing. I think when you 
when you're younger, I think there's a feeling of like, I got to do everything, man. And then when you get older, you're like, you know, I don't have to do everything. And there are people who are competent in their ways. Yeah, I mean, this thing is so fucking close to me, though. It's uh, If it was a different project, I wouldn't feel that way. But uh, for me, this is just about I can't take another you know, extended period away from my wife. And uh, I'm just getting too old. I feel like I'm missing. It just doesn't feel right. It's been years and years and years of, you know, can I just have a couple months of, you know, normalcy yeah. and being where I live and where I enjoy living. And, um, and I can... You know that's what that was one of the great things about hits. I wrote it upstate, I shot it upstate, and then I did all the posts in the city. You know, and uh, and I was home. It was like I felt like I was home for the longest chunk I've had in years and years and years and years. You know, well, it, it, it you know when people say uh, the, the idea that you expressed before about feast or famine, and people were like, "Why do you work all the time? Why don't you take a break?" I'm like because that's you got to take the opportunities when you're getting them because yeah. they're not, yeah. they don't always, you know, fish don't always just hop into the boat, you know? Well, that's what Amber was saying when I, when, you know, this, this other show, uh, uh, we were looking at, they were excited about and, and, she, you know, she was saying just that, like, no, you have to do this. You don't get, you don't, this is a opportunity that is so rare that you can, uh, write, create and direct your own, show that could last for series that could uh it's a great idea i don't want to say what it is but it's this great cool thing and you've, you have to do this you have to fucking man up and yeah you'll eat dinner alone sometimes and you know uh i i seem to recall her i might be imagining this she said you know go get a prostitute suck your dick it's fine <laughs> she didn't say that no. i'm trying to make it up so that i can get away with that later you didn't, you didn't um no uh no but i mean she's like you you know just it'll be fine don't worry about it you you have to do this thing though you you can't not do it and i was being a baby i was i was i had very little sleep and i was like you know going back to my flat for you know the 20th meal alone by myself watching shitty english television <laughs> you know where's my where's my wife where's my dog <laughs> well uh congratulations on the movie and it comes out i believe you said february 13th 13th and, and february 12th february 12th uh, which is oh. a thursday is like the the big uh all the the Smaller town theaters, you know, all I mean, it opens on February 12th and then will extend in other theaters for the week. Cool, it's yeah. good counter programming for 50 Shades of Grey. <laughs> that, that's that's why I wrote this movie. <laughs> Just to, it's like it's like 50 Shades of Grey, but uh, but without any of the different types of hits, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, because he be- be- beats her up and then fucks her a lot, right. Isn't that what the movie is? I don't, I don't know. know. I thought it was just Twilight, Twilight fan fiction. I, I imagine the um, the theme song is like Fifty Shades of Grey, da 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 da. Fifty Shades of Grey, da 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 da. Fifty Shades of Grey, da 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 da. Not forty nine, not forty eight, not fifty one, not fifty two, but Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Once upon a beat. 
Remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fuse, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the New Kids and Family Podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat.